Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. State Representative Aaron Coffer has agreed to join our show this morning on WILK, and it's our pleasure to talk to you. Happy New Year, Aaron. Happy New Year to you as well, Sue. New Year, same old issues in Harrisburg, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is certainly, you know, what we've been working on is trying to get this budget under under control, move things in the right direction, get people back to work. And so, you know, meet the new boss, same as the old boss. Exactly, to refer back to the hoop. Now, let's talk about an issue that you've been on for a long time, and you've been looking at uh, welfare re- reform in, in a way that, you're, you're looking at people who may be collecting benefits elsewhere, also collecting them in Pennsylvania, and you're looking for some strategies to make sure that people who are needy get benefits, but people who are just playing greedy do, do not get them so easily, right? Well, that's exactly it. We our, our welfare, our Department of Human Services is now the largest department in the Commonwealth, 40 40 percent of our budget is human services, so 40 cents of every state taxpayer dollar goes towards this. Now, the whole goal of what we're trying to do is, as, as we see this as a, one of the quickest growing uh, line items in our budget, one of the, the quickest growing departments, is how do we get people who are caught in this cycle of poverty, caught in, in these welfare programs, how do we get them to get out of there, to be self-sufficient, and be able to get back to work? So we've been working on, on looking at what other states are doing, what, what has been working in these other states, and trying to not reinvent the wheel, but implement what they have been doing in other states. And it, it's worked in other states. So now is the perfect time to be talking about this with the economy growing, jobs are available. You know, we did this back in the 1990s with the work, workforce state welfare programs under uh, with the the Republican New Deal with uh, the, the Republican contract with America with uh, Bill Clinton and you know we're focused on able-bodied people not seniors not children not the disabled but getting able-bodied people back to work and regrowing our economy all right talk about looking around the the United States of America and finding programs that work in a different state that we would like to emulate here in Pennsylvania yeah, no, there have been multiple states. You look at, at states like Maine and Kansas that have implemented some really significant uh, uh, programs. There, some of the welfare programs in Kansas, when they instituted, there's a 127% income increase when it was implemented in Kansas, 114% increase in Maine, plus count all the number of people who went from being in poverty to being on welfare programs now to being uh, self-sufficient. So, for, in, in, for example, some of these programs, for every 2000 dollars that were lost in benefits, people made $3,000 privately anyway. And that was, for example, I think that was in Kansas, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, what we're looking at is if we were to implement some of these programs, uh, a reasonable estimate for Pennsylvania would be that we'd bring in about $175 million to $210 million in additional income, plus getting people self-sufficient. Nothing, nothing than a higher ideal that we could think of than getting people to be self-sufficient. Okay. So talk about making these moves, because Aaron, a lot of people, I believe, have the perception that if they leave some of the benefits that they have behind, 
that their lives will somehow be worse. And I think that when you have safety, when you have security, when you have something that's steady, you're afraid to take a chance on something that's uncertain. So how are you going to build that bridge, I guess, like Kansas did? Yeah, no, I think I think you're hitting the nail on the head because we, we as a Republican caucus and, and Mia being one of the architects putting this policy together, you know, the motivation is, is not really fiscal, although it's painted in, you know, what is it going to do for dollars, but this is a human issue. You know, so we had in back a couple years ago, we had a, a child uh, subsidy benefits cliff. So if you're making twelve seventy five an hour, you received a subsidy for child care. As soon as you made $13 an hour, you lost that entire subsidy. And so families would get that little bit of increase in a quarter an hour, but not be able to afford their child care anymore and actually fall back into that cycle of poverty. So one of the things that's part of this, this package of legislation is how do we remove some of these cliffs where people earn that little bit of extra money but lose uh, overall on what their family is used to receiving. So trying to address those benefits cliffs so when people get working and start making more money that they don't lose everything. It's not an all-or-nothing type thing, but we can help people build that nest egg and help them get out of this cycle of poverty. That's why it's so important to me, you know, breaking this cycle of poverty. That's what I talk about all the time is how do we get people to be self-sufficient and get back into the workforce. And uh, I I think that's what people want to do. It's just that, that right now our system does not enable them to do it. We are not empowered people to be self-sufficient. How many discussions, Aaron, have you had with people who do receive welfare benefits and uh, about the challenges that they do face? You just talked about this this cliff, which sounds awful, and there should be some, I guess, uh, grading in there so it's not uh, all or nothing. But what do people say about why they, they continue to use these benefits? We actually had had a young lady who testified, uh, who, who spoke at our, our announcement just a couple days ago, who spoke about how her father had passed away, her mother was working in a dental office, and she earned just that little bit too much and lost health care for, for her and her siblings because of, of these benefits-type cliffs. And, and people, her mother had to unfortunately, you know, start working less so that they, she could still receive health care. This is the problem that we have. We want people to, you know, keep working. We want to incentivize that, but right now our laws and our policies don't do that. Over the three years that I've been in office and been working on this issue, this is it's finally come to fruition that we've put forward a lot of the policies that we've been working on. And I mean, this is this is comprehensive. We're not talking about uh, nibbling around the edges. This is comprehensive welfare reform about trying to get people back to work. And, and, and this is, uh, like I said, many years in the making. As you know, I've been working on this for quite some time, and this is really a, a significant step that we can take forward. I know when we talked in the past, we discussed people uh, double dipping, collecting mm-hmm. in Pennsylvania, also collecting in New York, also collecting in New Jersey, et cetera, et cetera. What kind of mechanisms might be put into place to stop that from happening? So we, I had my bill signed into law at the end of December 2015 now that we are now doing a Social Security cross-check with people who are double-dipping across state lines. But in addition to that, one of the bills as part of this package that, that, is, uh, that I've sponsored is a residency verification interstate compact. So the problem a lot of times is that people will bounce from state to state to state and maximize their, their, their benefits, and they'll max out everything that they can receive and then 
move on to the next state. What this would be, because a lot of these programs are federally funded, this would make it so that if you were to collect in one of these states that are part of this interstate compact, that if you were to collect in one state, that you can't just move to another state and start fresh all over again and, and start receiving. This is to make it that we as states can work together, make sure we're getting people back into the workforce and not taking advantage of the taxpayers. Are there jobs, Aaron, that are sustainable, in your opinion, in Pennsylvania for these individuals? Absolutely. I mean, I just talked to Tom Medico maybe about a week ago. Medico Industries, 100 jobs. Anybody looking for a job, walk into Medico Industries. 100 jobs that they have right now. Chewy.com is expanding. Berkshire Hathaway is expanding. We, we are now at this point where we are expanding. And I was talking to Wiko Van Genderen, who's with the, the Wilkes-Barre Chamber of Commerce, who said, we're at the point now that, you know, we, we are now have to be focused on how do we get, make sure that we're getting people into these jobs as our employers are expanding. So we have jobs available. We need to make sure that we get people into the workforce and doing these jobs. All right. Now talk about some of the specifics of the legislation that the package of legislation you're working on. Yeah, I mean, some of it is work requirements and some of the stuff that we have, which uh, that's been implemented in, in some other states. We have some, but the whole, you know, it, to put this in perspective, these are things that other states are doing. A lot of these things are not new ideas. Even when we talk about a family limit for TANF benefits, which is temporary assistance for needy families, we're, you know, New Jersey has has a limit. New York has a limit. We don't. And and it, it's it's sad that we, we have fallen behind because we haven't been focused on some of these issues. When it comes to extended TANF. We are now the only state that, that has, for without special waivers for people who are disabled or other specific issues, we're the only state that allows people to collect indefinitely. And, and that, that just doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make sense to me. You talk to any, any person that says people can collect indefinitely their welfare benefits in Pennsylvania, it doesn't make sense. So changing that, that program, changing it over, making sure we're going after these benefits cliffs, which is one of the bills that I'm sponsoring as well to make sure that we can do this type of transitionary programming, get people self-sufficient. These are these are a lot of the goals, and, and you know, there's about 15 to 20 bills that are out there on these topics, and it's all stuff about good government, making sure that we can get the help to the people who truly need it, while we're getting people who are able to work back to work. Not being able to collect benefits indefinitely. What kind of ideas are you receiving? from other states about that? Well, where's the cutoff? Who gets cut off? If, or should people be worried if, they're, if they have uh, dependents, et cetera? So the ETANF is a program that is a five-year pass-through from the federal government to the state government. And so extended TANF, we are, like I said, the only state that has a, uh, an open door, a completely open door on this policy. So we're the only ones that are doing this. With extended TANF, when you receive over 20% of people who are on TANF, it is still allowed to be uh, federally funded for ETANF. And once we get beyond that 20%, it's now state-funded. We're now be, uh, be above that 20% level. It's coming out of taxpayer dollars from Pennsylvania. So this is a way that we can save money and get along with what every other state is doing. So, I mean, this is nothing unique. We are unique in that we're giving this out in Pennsylvania, but making this change is certainly not unique and would certainly put us more in line with what every other state in the, in the United States is doing. Do you believe that you're... Uh, fellow lawmakers in Harrisburg, Aaron, have the political will power to touch an issue like welfare reform? Well, I, I, think they, I think they do. And the reason being is that this is an issue that 
it's even-handed in its approach. We are trying to make sure we can protect the tax dollars to the people who truly need it, while people who are able to work, we create programs that will help them get out to work. And uh, I, I think this has been very well thought thought through. We I, we do have Democrat support for, for this type of initiative as well, and it's going to take a lot of work to get from where we are today to get it across the finish line and signed by the governor, but the conversation needs to start. This is talking about real budgetary numbers as well. Like I said, it, the motivation is not fiscal. This is about getting people back to work, which is the highest ideal I think we can have is when you look at it, the basic simple idea is when you can take somebody who's receiving benefits and now get them back to work and are now taxpayers, it's a double win. You know, they're not only just not receiving uh, previous benefits, but they're now contributing uh, to the tax base. So it's a double win for people in Pennsylvania, and I think this is where we should be focused, especially with with our growing economy. We've actually had a lot of support from some of our building trades in moving this initiative forward. The, the building trades are hiring right now uh, with apprenticeship programs, and, and they want to get people back to work and keep growing as well. So there's a lot of different organizations on the left and on the right who want to come together and make some, some real Meaning, meaningful reform. Does the governor want to sign this bill? Or so package? We, we've we, we've we've informed the governor that we were working on this package. He's aware of it. We haven't had specific conversations about specific bills and specific pieces of the package, but he is aware of this. He's he's aware that this is a, a, a topic I'm interested in, as well as our caucus. And I think we will reach some level of agreement on what we can do to get done here. So I, I, I do think there is there is room to reach agreement. Finally, property tax reform. Is this the year or not? I I'm, I'm certainly hope so. The, the governor will announce his budget here in February. I've actually reached out to his staff as well, hoping that he's going to include something for the 100% homestead, um, which passed uh, on, on the ballot just this right. past November. I, I'm hoping that we will get something done. If he announces something, that is truly how we're going to come together and, and have a bipartisan budget that can be supported by people all across the Commonwealth. Property tax reform needs to be part of it. And uh, the other issue that you often work on is about uh, addiction and opioids. We know from Luzerne County statistics that uh, 2017 will be the deadliest year for overdoses in the county. Um, Right now, it doesn't look as though the the progress is being made yet. I think the foundation is is being laid, but uh, the progress is, is slow in coming. No, I, I agree with you on that. I think we're going to have another, unfortunately, uh, another bad year ahead of us. Um, you know, car fentanyl is really starting to take take foot in Pennsylvania, which is an elephant sedative, and it, um, it's really coming across the border from Ohio. It's coming across from the west into Pennsylvania for the most part, and uh, where I think that we are going to have another bad year, unfortunately, ahead of us. But um, that we did make some progress on some of the legislative initiatives, and I think there are some other initiatives that we can get done that will really start getting at the heart of this issue. But we are beginning to lay that fo- that foundation, that groundwork that you were talking about. And I think, you know, we're another year or two away from really starting to beat back in the other direction. Aaron Coffer, always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for doing the show. Thank you, Sue. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.